all eight of the movies that we've made have been a string of one answered prayer after another. We're not here to stir up a fight. We're not here to even get political. We just want to share truth and love with people in hopes that they choose a way that is pleasing to the Lord. Well, it is beginning to look a lot like Christmas. That's right. We are uh, almost a week into December now, and a lot of folks uh, kind of getting ready for those family gatherings again like we had for Thanksgiving and uh, celebrating uh, the birth of Jesus. And uh, so uh, it's exciting that a lot of folks may be going shopping, going out to the movies, and we're talking about movies on this episode of the Run the Race podcast, which you can find all the previous 130 plus episodes on WTVM.com slash podcast. We're also on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, and I uh, got a special treat for you today. Speaking of movies, and uh, two gentlemen that have helped make uh, some of the biggest faith-based movies of, of all time. In fact, they've made eight movies. The Kendrick Brothers, Alex and Stephen Kendrick, are our guests for this podcast. They joined me via Zoom recently from their home in Albany, Georgia, just about an hour and a half from where we are here in Columbus, Georgia. Talking about a, a few movies, and uh, in fact, they've, they've filmed two movies here in Columbus, Georgia now, um, including Overcomer several years ago, and their most recent one, Life Mark. We're going to talk about that, and um, so, uh, and don't forget, uh, you know, next week on the Run the Race podcast, I know, I don't know if you remember, last year, uh, we had an episode called the J&J Christmas Music Spectacular, where uh, myself and my friend Justin Ballou, who owns a local recording studio, had some Christmas music and some laughs and some fun and shared some interesting information about that Christmas music and faith. Uh, we're going to do that again. That's going to be happening next week on the podcast, so don't don't miss that. We're going to have uh, some all new uh, songs, maybe some special guests as well singing some of those songs, so uh, looking forward to that. Also, uh, looking forward to you uh, hearing this great conversation I had with the Kendrick brothers. In fact, uh, uh, Alex Kendrick, who is uh, in, I think, most or if not all these movies, along with uh, being behind the scenes on them, he uh, was one of my first guests on this Run the Race podcast back in December of 2019, episode number seven, if you want to check it out. That was three years ago. So Alex and Stephen uh, both have been serving in church ministry for 20 years now. Uh, they write, speak, and produce uh, Christian films. Um, with their their brothers, so there's three brothers in all, including Shannon, that put together these movies. Alex directed and co-wrote the movies Overcomer, War Room, Courageous, Fireproof, Facing the Giants, and Flywheel. His uh, brother Stephen did all those except for Flywheel, which was their very first movie. In fact, uh, at the end of our conversation, I'm going to look at uh, the rankings for their movies. Uh, Crosswalk had some rankings, and we'll see. let you know if I agree with those rankings and all. And their most recent movie, uh, Life Mark, uh, here's a little taste of uh, from the preview from that movie that's now about to be out in just about a week on DVD and Blu-ray. We got the call. We have a son. A son? Let's go get him! You want to talk to him? I don't think he'd want to talk to me. Is that your birth mom? She wants to meet. 
And what's interesting is Life Mark is based on a true story, the first movie the Kendrick brothers have done based on a true story about a young man named David who was 18 at the time, and uh, he was adopted. And uh, it's it's that uh, monumental time where he meets his uh, real, um, his biological parents. And uh, it stars and it was executive produced by Kirk Cameron, who you know well from Growing Pains. My, my wife loved watching him on that 80s show growing up, but he's done some great faith-based movies uh, since then. So him and the Kendrick brothers, uh, they you know had created this great movie, Life Mark, which in fact, I just had a chance to see myself on Pure Flix. Uh, you can get a free trial for seven days. And so I saw Life Mark and I thought it was great. I, I really, you know, some people think, okay, faith-based movies, cheesy, not a good script, not good acting. This was actually really good acting. In fact, the Kendrick brothers have gotten better and better with each movie they've made uh, with the quality of the production and the, and the cinematography and the acting. And I thought the uh, the young man that played David did a fantastic job. In fact, the uh, the real-life David and his real-life uh, biological mom are, are both kind of make quick cameos in the movie. You, you maybe spot them. But uh, it's got some action in there, some uh, cliff diving, some skydiving, and uh, some great emotion that make you laugh, make you cry. I highly recommend uh, watching Life Mark and uh, watching it with your family. And again, uh, the Kendrick brothers, who I'm talking to today, uh, Stephen and Alex co-wrote the New York Times bestselling books, The Love Dare, The Resolution for Men, and The Battle Plan for Prayer. They don't get political, but their movies really you know, are, are uh, unafraid about talking about Jesus, talking about some of these big issues uh, like you know, family and fatherhood and even pornography and and marriage and doubt uh, in a lot of their movies, uh, they're they're you know they're they're not afraid to tackle these issues. Well, as you guys heard in the intro, we have the Kindred Brothers with us here, Alex and Stephen. Thank you guys so much for spending time with us today, and uh, we really appreciate it. Absolutely. We're excited about a movie that we shot in Columbus, Georgia, being released all across the nation. And it's actually internationally as well. So, so many of the locations people will, we can recognize in this movie, but Life Mark is a exciting film to be releasing right now. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys obviously have filmed a couple of movies here in Columbus. We're going to talk about that in, in uh, Columbus, Georgia, not Columbus, Ohio, but you guys live in uh, Albany which it's uh, for the locals, uh, it's pronounced Albany. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, to some around here it is, but we just say Albany. <laughs> well, we wanna, I want to definitely talk to you guys some about uh, life, Mark, and the story, and, and obviously very timely with the Roe versus Wade ruling and, and talking about you know, the importance of adoption. want to talk about faith-based movies and um, you guys mentoring folks and tackling some big issues on the big screen uh, that are really faith-based and how prayer is, is such a huge part of this, but I wanted to ask you guys uh, first, I, I did a little research as an investigative journalist. I understand you guys had your careers start on camera a little different way through Chick-fil-A. Is that right? So tell me, tell me about your, uh, your acting and, and your, uh, your, your career starting through Chick-fil-A training videos. Is that right? Well, so both of us worked for Chick-fil-A when we were teenagers. Mm -hmm. And as Chick-fil-A was developing new products like their current char-grilled chicken sandwich, that came out when we were working there as teenagers. And they were they would commonly go to some of their stores and audition the actual workers to be the spokespeople on the video to train the rest of the nation on how to 
uh, properly grilled the chicken or prepare the sandwich or whatever the product was. So both Stephen and I got to be uh, in some of those videos early on. And, and we're talking about 1986, 87. Yeah. You know, so this is quite, quite some time ago. But we did those for, for Chick-fil-A and, and uh, enjoyed working there and, and certainly enjoyed eating the food. <laughs> <laughs> so did that, I mean, you guys were, well, I think, teenagers at that time working at Chick-fil-A. Did that, was that something you guys were even interested in, like making films and making things when you were that young? Oh, absolutely. You know, we, we, uh, uh, even before Chick-fil-A, we were running around the neighborhood with our home video camera, which is like a suitcase on your shoulder, the first generation of those cameras. <laughs> and we were making our own movies instead of Indiana Jones, it'd be Alabama Jones, or instead of a James Bond, uh, character, Stephen was Savings Bond. I was Savings Bond. And so, uh, oh, we, we wow. did those. Yeah, we did those kind of action movies in our neighborhood with our with our neighborhood friends and and would show them at school or to our church youth group. And we just really enjoyed uh, making movies. And so we were excited to be a part of the Chick-fil-A. That was our first professional work, uh, very low paid professional work. <laughs> but anyway, uh, and then la later on, we got into wanting to tell uh, feature film stories uh, once we got to our 30s. So we've been doing this since uh, the early 2000s. As a matter of fact, this is um, November of uh, 2022. Our first movie, Flywheel, started filming in November of 2002. So exactly 20 years ago is when we started. Mm. Wow, that's amazing. And, you know, 20 years later and you guys have made, you know, uh, roughly, you know, $200 million on these movies. I know the most recent one, Life Mark making, you know, $5 million at the the, U, the domestic box office, but you guys are, it's being released, you know, around the world. And um, what, I, I want to ask you guys about that. So how did, what was the origination of, of LifeMark? Because I know, well, first of all, you know, you guys, you know, I've, I've heard you talk a lot about this, about how prayer is the, uh, you know, the foundation of figuring out, okay, what do I do next? What, you know, what is, yes. what is God's will for us, uh, you know, in our, for our company, or our church, whatever. So how, how did, how did prayer and, and, you know, the maybe years ago lead to where we are now with life work? Well, Alex and I grew up in a praying home where we saw some amazing answers to prayer in the lives of our parents, where we would see them with great need, uh, ask God for specific things, and then they would show up in perfect timing, sometimes to the penny as to what they were praying for. And so we grew up with this developing uh, interest in watching God show up in answer to prayer. And so as teenagers, as we're developing our own walks with the Lord and reading scripture for ourselves, and we're trying out our faith wings, you know, we're watching our dad launch a Christian school with nothing, basically no teachers, no books, no locations. And we just saw God lay tracks in front of a moving train and provide everything they needed. That school is actually still in existence after 30 years uh, in Austell, Georgia. And so, uh, but we, in 2002, we started kind of like our dad did with nothing. We didn't have the film training. We'd never been to film school. We didn't have any money and had no professional experience or, and we didn't have the context to anyone, uh, contacts to anyone that was in Hollywood, but we began to pray and say, God, you're a better writer you're a better producer than Jerry Bruckheimer. You're a better director than Steven Spielberg. Lord, would you help us to make these films? And so we've learned that prayer should not be just the spare tire left in the 
uh, at the end, in case of emergency, prayer should start at the very beginning and be the steering wheel guiding your decisions. And so all eight of the movies that we've made have been a string of one answered prayer after another. Yes, we work hard. Yes, we walk in unity with other people, but we've seen continual provision, protection, leadership, and guidance way beyond our ability when we will seek God in prayer. And we saw it happen with LifeMark because the timing of this movie was really divinely timed that we had no idea was about to happen. Yeah, God can do a lot more than we can. We just got to allow him to, to use us. And uh, and Alex, you know, uh, I know you guys you know, obviously had Kurt Cameron in one of your most famous movies, uh, Fireproof. And I guess there was another interaction with him that led to LifeMark, is that right? You know, Kirk called us after we finished the movie Overcomer, and he's the one that introduced us to this uh, story. And uh, and so when we saw the, the short documentary it's based on, it was called I Lived on Parker Avenue. And we saw that on YouTube. It's free for anybody to watch. And um, it so moved us that this young 18-year-old girl that gets off the abortion table at the last second before the procedure starts. And she tells the doctor, I don't want to do this. I'm going to place my baby for adoption. And that baby was adopted by a Christian couple who could not have their own children. They named the baby David. And then when David grew up, he got to about 18, 19 years old and was able to meet his biological mother. And that was such a powerful encounter. Just melts your heart. And, uh, and they both speak today. They both, uh, of course, it's been some years ago that they did that, seven or eight years. So he's in his 20s. David's newly married and is now a lawyer that helps other couples adopt children. And then the biological mother, Melissa, travels around the country and speaks about her testimony and story. And uh, so it was just a beautiful story. We know not every everyone's adoption story is like that, but this one was, because it's true and it was beautiful, we said, this is a reminder of how precious life is, how beautiful adoption is, and then the ministry of reconciliation, forgiveness, mm-hmm. and uh, and growth in faith, trusting the Lord. So we said, we got to make this into a feature film. And Kirk helped us do that. Of course, he's in the movie as well, and he's been a friend for 20 years to us. And so it was it's just a real honor to make it with him. And you guys were talking about the timing. And back in, in 2019, there was no way to know what was going to happen, you know, in the years ahead with the overturning of Roe versus Wade after nearly 50 years. Um, and, uh, and now it's, you know, it, that, that's been defeated in the U.S. Supreme Court, but the, the battle continues across the U.S. Uh, yes. when it comes to abortion. So how do you, what do you hope uh, comes out of the film in terms of people that go see it? And also for this bigger issue, we're talking about adoption and abortion. Well, as filmmakers, we hope that people will be blessed and inspired by the movie because it is a rewatcher. You go on an emotional roller coaster, you're laughing one minute, you're watching an action sequence the next, or you're wiping a tear, you know, over the power of this amazing true story. We also hope that this movie will shed light and encouragement on this issue, but do it through the lens of truth and love and compassion. And so we believe that compassion ought to be expressed at every level. It's not just compassion for a, uh, a woman in an unwanted pregnancy and that she's the only one that matters. You know, the truth is she has a beating heart 
with a human being in there with their own DNA in her womb that needs someone to speak up for, for that child and show compassion at the same time for them. We believe that both need to experience compassion. Also, there are so many couples that cannot have children that would long to adopt if they were given the opportunity. We need to show compassion for them. But this movie is not a political film, uh, but it shows what love can do and how courageous uh, one decision can impact, bless so many other people and future generations because David loves his family, loves his adoption story. He's now an you know adoption attorney, as Alex had mentioned, and his biological mother is so grateful that she gave him life and loves watching him grow up, even though she didn't raise him. She loves seeing his life and the blessing he is to the world. And uh, and for, for that really tough decision to see the long-term consequences of it and not just the short-term, you know, rescue of a fear moment or the unknown of the future. And so we hope that this movie could be a blessing to, to government leaders, to business leaders, to watch a story that is a true story and to show what love and compassion can do in their instance. We think it will provide a lot of clarity and a lot of courage for people. And, and Alex, you know, this is on uh, Pure Flix now uh, streaming, but uh, December 13th, just in time for Christmas, it'll be out on DVD and Blu-ray for yeah. people to get. And, and uh, you're, yeah, there it is. They're <laughs> showing it right there. And uh, your brother was talking about this being a story of compassion and not being political. But obviously this is a, a, a hot potato, hot button issue that people are talking about, you know, not necessarily abortion versus adoption, but I mean, and you see this vitriol between the two sides, pro-life, pro-choice, and it's so, you know, it's, it's, uh, it gets violent, obviously, at times. So what do you hope, you know, maybe does this tell a different side of that story versus what we're seeing maybe, you know, on the streets in this issue? Sure, that's a great question. So first thing we want to do when we're, we're discussing anything in this arena is to share truth with love. Those two things need to go together. I, I can present truth to you, facts, all day long. But if I do it in an unloving way, you are less likely to receive what I'm trying to present to you. Mm -hmm. But if you feel valued and loved, you are more likely to consider what I'm sharing with you. So truth and love need to go together. And that's the kind of movie we want to make. But secondly, when people argue about my rights, my rights, my rights, we are for you having rights. We think rights are a blessing and uh, one of the benefits of living in a country like the United States of America, except the fact that if you put your rights as the main priority over what God, our creator says, that becomes a problem. So I appreciate and am so grateful for all the rights that I'm given as a human and living in this country. But if God says something that differs from my rights, he should have the priority. And so we want to point people to what he says. He is our maker. He is God. He's the one that we're ultimately accountable to. And scripture says we will stand before him one day in accountability. So he loves us, but he wants us to embrace the truth that he he presents to us. So are we for rights? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But are we more for the God that created us and his perspective on important issues like this? Absolutely as well. So we would tell people, we're not trying to take any rights away, but we want to give you a perspective 
and a view that maybe has not been embraced yet and present truth with love and how we do it. So that's what's important to us. That's what we want to do. Again, we're not here to stir up a fight. We're not here to even get political. We just want to share truth and love with people in hopes that they choose a way that is pleasing to the Lord. And this is um, this is the first movie you guys made out of the eight that's based on a true story. So it's a kind of mm-hmm. uncharted territory for you guys. And uh, speaking of you know true stories, I know that um, Stephen, you have an adoption story yourself in terms of you have those personal experiences that you bring to the table as one of the executive producers of this film. Yes, my wife and I had four biological children, and uh, we were praying, and God really spoke to our hearts that we needed to be open to adoption. Uh, That was not on my radar. And uh, we went through the journey of adopting a baby girl with a heart condition, and we saw her go from being an unwanted burden in a communist country to being a beloved blessing uh, in a Christian home in America. She has the uh, heart surgeries that have saved her life. She's got education now. She's got a loving uh, family, and she is shining in our home and uh, she's 11 years old now and is such a blessing to our family. And adoption should never be looked down upon. Uh, Adoption is a beautiful opportunity to show love and compassion to someone who has desperate need in our generation on a daily basis. And so uh, it's amazing to see that God can give you the same love for an adopted child as uh, biological children. And uh, Kurt Cameron adopted four of his six kids. His old, his wife, Chelsea, was adopted. And so he's very passionate about the issue. The woman, Rebecca Rogers, who plays the adopted mother in the movie Life Mark, has adopted four children with her husband in real life. So we are passionate about this issue. We love that Life Mark is pro-redemption. It is uh, pro-reconciliation. It is pro-adoption. And we think that this movie has something for everybody. Uh, Even on the home video and the DVD, we've got special features showing how people can heal if they've had an abortion in the past. Uh, We've got testimonies of people saying, you know, I was carrying the weight of the secret of having an abortion when I was young, and it just brought so much shame and guilt, depression into my life. We talk about how you can find healing and redemption. Again, going back to compassion at every level. If we if we view this issue and all of these issues through love and compassion, it's going to help us. Yeah, and once and once again, you guys are in Albany, Georgia, so it's about an hour and a half, two hours from where I'm at in Columbus, Georgia, which is just on the line with Alabama. We're all in, you know a couple hours from Atlanta. You guys have obviously you came and filmed Overcomer here. People saw a lot of the scenes of the the parks and running along the river walk along the Chattahoochee River, and then you you came and uh, filmed um, Life Mark here. So why Columbus, Georgia? I guess what's the you know uh, what what attracted you to to this to consider the second or third largest city in Georgia? Columbus has been a blessing for us. When we filmed Overcomer there and filmed Life Mark there, and uh, really we have relatives there. It's an hour and a half from Albany, and it's got some beautiful areas. We loved filming along the river, and uh, the center there is just incredible. The churches embraced us and said, yes, what can we do to help and pray over you? It was just a blessing. So Columbus is has been a good experience for us. We'd love to shoot another film there. And so we're very grateful for everything that's happened in Columbus for us. Um, it is a it is a great Southern city. And so we, we love coming through Columbus. 
And, you know, uh, picking a place and, and having all the crew and, and having everything taken care of behind the scenes, there's, there's a lot that happens. And uh, you guys, I'm sure, had to learn along the way from Flywheel on. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, tell me about, like, the, the behind the scenes, how much really goes into making a feature film. Well, you're building a big army and you're having to feed that army and take care of them, give them all the gear that they need. And then you're spending thousands of dollars an hour every time that you're trying to make a feature film. And so learning to be as efficient as possible and uh, to have the production schedules, have everything in place. We tell people all it takes is one person not doing their job for us not to be able to yell action and for us to be able to to shoot a feature film. And so we have learned with every movie so much about filmmaking, uh, but we have taken what we've learned in the ministry world and we've translated it over to the filmmaking world where we try to treat people like family. We try to pray every day while we're on the set. We try to walk in unity with one another and in love and to be considerate of their health of their marriages, of their children, while we're in the busyness of production. And so it has been a challenging, and Alex and I would probably say the hardest thing we've ever done, but yet the most fulfilling thing we've ever done. And, you know, the 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 world of, of faith-based films has changed so much, the face of it, over the last few decades, um, you know, kind of ups and downs. And, uh, you know, you guys have seen, you know, massive success, especially like with War Room and other films and uh, that have come out in the theaters and been number one at the box office. And now you've got something like The Chosen, which has obviously you know, gotten uh, so much popularity as a, a streaming show and coming out. So tell me about uh, how do you guys see faith based films? Because, I mean, in the past, you know, maybe 30 years ago, they were seen as these cheesy things that people that were not good quality, but things have changed right. so much. I think I think the quality of them is improving and more and more people are getting into this space. Uh, if you remember Christian contemporary music in the 70s and 80s, sometimes you would listen to it and you would say, eh, it's not as good as what we hear on just regular radio. But over the years, it's gotten really, really good and, and very effectively produced and performed. It is, a, is, is so strong now. And movies are going to get that that same way in the Christian space. So movies had a later um jump start but at the same time they're growing so quickly and there's some movies that we're aware of coming out soon that are so well done and well made and we're very excited about that we're shooting one next year uh you look for the Jesus Revolution coming out in February next year such a great movie Stephen and I got to see an early cut of it mm-hmm. so there's some good stuff you're you're you've heard of the chosen the television series that's being made every season that they make goes up in quality goes up in budget and it's it's just doing good so we're excited about the future of Christian film but more than the quality of what you see is the power of the message that it presents. Mm-hmm. And so we we have an avenue because we have a relationship with the Lord to a deeper level of hope, a deeper level of, of forgiveness and reconciliation and the things that we really need in our lives. And so we're excited about that really more than anything. And uh, Stephen, you know, as uh, I know you've been in some of the movies here and there, but to having big names, uh, actors and actresses like Kurt Cameron, you have a Priscilla Shire, you know, um, you know, Alex Kendrick, big names. In, right. In some, right. Some, of the, some of the films. I've heard of him. So, I mean, what, what, what does that do for like, you know, getting people, you know, to go to the theater or to, to rent or to buy a movie? 
Sure. Well, if if they don't know the story, then they oftentimes are going to be looking. Is it a Steven Spielberg movie? Is it connected to a a a a, a genre that I am passionate about? But an actor or actress that they recognize is also going to cause them to say, "Okay, maybe this is not a straight to DVD." you know, B film. This is something that's of quality. So I am grateful that we have tried to find people that are not only talented, but are living out the messages that we're communicating in the film. You know, Kirk is very passionate about his marriage to Chelsea and uh, he honored her even on the set of Fireproof in uh, the kissing scene. He's actually kissing his wife at the end of Fireproof. A lot of people don't know that. And so, but um, we know that the message of the film, if it's well told and it's going to change lives, people, the the audience, they become viral. And after they have been impacted by a film, they'll say, I'm going to buy a copy for everybody I know, you know, and I'm going to be sharing this with all of my friends at work and with the people that are around me. So we have loved the fact that uh, our films have continued uh, to uh, be evergreens in a sense where people are saying, you know, marriage still matters, even though Fireproof came out in 2008, you know, in theaters, that it has continued to be a top selling movie for decades, uh, almost because of the impact that it has on people's hearts and their marriages. And so we believe that movies ought to be entertaining. Uh, but we believe that they also ought to be worth your time. And uh, if we're asking millions of people around the world to give us millions of hours of their time, we want to bless them rather than them walking away wanting their two hours and their 20 bucks back. Yeah. So, so Stephen, is Alex a better actor than you? I mean, uh, have you yes. all competed in that genre? Or <laughs> Yeah, Alex is a natural actor. He was on stage in high school, even with our church plays, and uh, was uh, was carrying his weight really well. And he's gotten better over the years. If you look at Flywheel and compare it to his acting, you know, it, later on in Courageous and in uh, War Room and then Overcomer. Yeah, he he has taken the feedback and worked on the skill as well. But so much of acting is relaxing in front of the camera with the lights on you and just being yourself, you know. And so uh, I like being behind the scenes, working with the cast and the crew and cheering them on. And I'm cheering on Alex uh, when he acts in the movies as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, a lot of several of your movies have to do with sports in some way. And um, I know you guys are, are big fans of sports as well. And, and you've got, you know, facing the Giants, obviously one of my favorites of y'all is that about, you know, football overcomer, which is filmed here in Columbus that deals with, you know, cross country and track. And and then you've got uh, in this most recent movie, Life Mark, I understand there's some skydiving, uh, ATVs, uh, cliff jumping. So uh, in terms of sports, you know, cause we talk about fitness on this podcast too, in terms of sports, how do you use that as a vehicle to talk about some of these faith issues? Well, you know, it's funny. Most people love at least one or two sports and they love watching that, uh, watching it or following a certain team. And there's a lot of parallels that you can make to a faith journey with sports. Mm -hmm. You know, anytime that you're involved in, in, uh, in a competition, you have an opponent that you're facing on the field of sports or the basketball court or you know whatever whatever it is you have an opponent and you may feel like man we we had a bad inning or we had a you know we we lost the football 
or fumbled it and the other team got it. And so now we have to stop them. It goes back and forth if it's a good competition. And sometimes you feel that way about a faith journey. You have good days. You feel like, man, I just took a step forward. And then there are days you feel like, man, I fell on my face or took a step backwards. So there's parallels that can be made. And a lot of times people will grasp spiritual truths when there's an analogy that they understand. So we like the world of sports, not just because it's fun and exciting, but also because it's a it's a great parallel to mm -hmm. faith. And so we encourage people, man, getting to know Jesus Christ, getting to know him and, and what the scripture says um, is awesome. But even Paul in scripture talks about running the race, mm -hmm. or even he gives analogies of boxers that are preparing mm -hmm. for a match. So even Paul in scripture does that. So we do that sometimes with sports and analogies in our films. It's fun to shoot. It makes it more visually exciting. And hopefully people walk away with a deeper understanding. And, uh, you know, the name of this podcast is Run the Race, based in part on the verse in Hebrews about running the race of perseverance and finishing strong, going after Jesus, mm -hmm. not something else. And so, um, Stephen, you know, are you, is that something that you guys grew up maybe playing sports and, or was it like, you know, like, oh, we were focused on church stuff and, and school stuff, or was it, you know, did y'all sure. play as well? Yeah, we played basketball. Uh, I ran uh, track and field. I remember one year we did a little bit of baseball. Basketball was our main sport growing up. Uh, I, I ended up getting into men's volleyball. And then just outside of school competition, we were involved in church activities with sports. And then just in our neighborhood, you know, we we're guys and we would be playing football on the street. And, uh, and in our movies, you know, it's chase them down, beat them up kind of action kind of stuff uh, that we were doing at home growing up. But yeah, Alex is a great coach. And so you see that played out in Facing the Giants. He, as he's coaching, you see it in Overcomer. He has coached all six of his biological kids uh, in cross-country competitions, and they've all won state championships. And uh, we actually had this past weekend a cool moment because our, our school, our local school, went to the state championship, and Alex and Jim McBride, who plays Bobby Lee Duke in Facing the Giants, got to be the two commentators for that entire football game. And it was one of the most electrifying games you know I've ever experienced. Experience. It was a lot of fun. So people love the competition, the teamwork that's involved, the personal challenges uh, that that competition can can force you to have to step up rather than being lazy or half-hearted in what you do. And you're absolutely right. You know, Scripture talks about uh, running the race, running to win, running with endurance that's before you. And and God created those things for good. I'd rather see kids out learning teamwork, playing football, than out being involved in a gang and buying and selling drugs and those kind of things. We learned a lot about having to work together as a team, submitting to coaches' leadership, following direction, personal discipline through us being involved in sports growing up. So if it can be tied to spiritual investment as well, it really takes it to the next level. Yeah. And you were talking about kids, you know, you guys both have big families. And and so is, is uh, do you um, encourage your kids to be involved in, in, in films or movie making or are they, are they drawn to that because they see you guys doing it? Uh, they are drawn to it. My oldest son, Joshua, is about to graduate with a cinema degree from Lee University. And my uh, daughters have been in scenes of our films as extras or small parts. And so they do like it. Now, neither of us want to throw our kids into that unless they have a natural interest. 
But they do. Stephen's sons are getting into cinematography, editing, and filmmaking as well. And so are our older brother Shannon's son. So we're we're excited about that. And, and so we want the ministry the Lord's given to us to carry on for another generation. So as long as the Lord keeps that door open, we'll walk through, through it. And you're talking about making, a, I guess it would be considered a ninth movie. I know you guys were executive producers on Life Mark. Mm-hmm. Um, about, so, and now it's uh, maybe you've kind of taken this turn a little bit towards mentoring filmmakers. You had a, a different director on, on this movie, Life Mark. So what, what, what does that mean to be able to kind of use what you guys have learned over the last two decades and pass that on to people who are making these, you know, faith-based or inspirational movies? Well, we know what it feels like to really want to make movies and have no idea what you're doing and how hard <laughs> that can be. And so we've been baptized by fire with every one of these movies having a steep learning curve for us. So we also believe that every generation needs to be pouring into the next generation and that your joy needs to not just come from your success, but it needs to shift to helping other people succeed around you. So we've loved having interns and people on our sets and pouring into them. Uh, We're a part of the Christian Worldview Film Festival every year, which is an investment in the next generation of Christian filmmakers. And uh, so we're excited about our kids being involved in it as well. So we try, we're try, we trying to pass on with every film some of the uh, lessons we've learned through the School of Hard Knocks. So, <laughs> and, and not to let the cat out of the bag or anything, or, or maybe you guys are welcome to break news on here if you want. But so the next movie, what, what's the, what can you tell us about it in terms of anything about what it's about or when it may come out, where it's being filmed, any of that stuff? So we do have a a direction to go for the next movie. We're excited about it. So we're developing the script right now. And we plan to shoot it next year to come out in 2024. And it's a a theme we're very excited about. And we think the Lord's hand is on. And so uh, so we're going to march ahead. So a little early to let the cat out of the bag. But at the same time, we do have a direction. We're very excited about it. And we have another movie in the works. Well, if you, and if you need any actors, there's a guy named Jason Dennis, I know, in Columbus, Georgia, who, uh, right. you know, he's, he's uh, you know, doesn't have a lot of experience, but he, he's on camera a lot, you know, anchoring the news. So you, you just let us know. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. And uh, also, um, and, and I, I close every podcast in prayer. So, um, uh, Stephen, I'd love for you to close because you guys talk about how you, you sure. open up, you know, probably maybe daily, but obviously with projects, with prayer being a foundation, like God, you know. Uh, what do you want us to do, you know, be in this project? So uh, I'm the same way I, I treat this podcast as a ministry, just like you guys, you know, C- capital K kingdom uh, is, is the focus. That's here. Right. So, um, so if you can uh, close us out in prayer, that'd be great. I'd be glad to father. I thank you for Jason and his testimony, his heart, his giftedness, and for this podcast. And Lord, I pray that we would uh, continue to run with endurance the race that you have marked out for us, Lord. Your word says that we should throw off anything that hinders, any sin, anything that's holding us back, and that we should fix our eyes on Jesus. And Lord, I pray that you would help everyone who's watched this podcast to do that and uh, and to uh, be not weary in well-doing, uh, knowing that we will reap a great harvest of lives and souls and glory to your name uh, if we don't quit. So Lord, help us not to quit. Help us to pray instead of faint. Uh, Help us to encourage one another. And uh, Lord, we pray for anyone who has 
watch this podcast, Lord, that that LifeMark would be a blessing to them, but also uh, the testimonies behind the scenes of of how you have carried us through prayer and provision uh, through everything that we've done, Lord. We give you the credit, the honor, the glory for this, and we thank you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks very much, gentlemen. And uh, once again, uh, hopefully everybody uh, gets a chance to see LifeMark. It comes out on DVD and Blu-ray December 13th with all those extras you guys are talking about before Christmas. And uh, wish you guys and your families just a wonderful holiday season, Christmas. Hopefully you get some some downtime to enjoy some uh, rest and relaxation. Thank, Thank you, you Jason. Good to talk, Good to, talk to, you. to you, man. Have a great day. Really appreciate uh, the two uh, gentlemen uh, giving uh, generously of their time and uh, for what they're doing for the kingdom uh, with these movies. Uh, and it's really kind of uh, shining a bright light uh, like we're supposed to be doing, right? Their movie, uh, again, Life Mark, is rated PG-13. And uh, because it deals with some really, you know, um, difficult themes, abortion and uh, pro-life issues and uh, that sometimes maybe Hollywood has, has kind of shied away from. And uh, Kirk Cameron's been pretty outspoken about things. Uh he uh, he is kind of upset with Hollywood really not um, not supporting this movie about life and adoption. He uh, he told the Daily Wire, "quote I thought it was amazing. You know, that's just good old fashioned cowardice. Even the so called faith divisions of studios would rather pass from tens of millions of dollars and support horror, violence, and drag queen movies than risk doing anything that celebrates life." So Kirk Cameron. I'm not afraid with with his words either, and um, so an estimated you know uh, here's some stats for you. An estimated two million American couples long to adopt a child, but the ratio of abortion to adoption in America is 50 to one. Of course, we've had a big change in the last uh, few months and years with the uh, the, um, the end of Roe versus Wade. And uh, so uh, these uh, these filmmakers are, are tackling that issue. And, you know, when they came up with it, they didn't even know Roe versus Wade was going to be shot down. And um, you know, Alex Kendrick, he uh, in, a, in another interview, he said that Jesus told stories in the form of parables to impart truth and draw people to truth, and uh, doing that with love as well. And uh, it's it's interesting because that's my job too, being a storyteller on TV on the news. And uh, their message to Christians is, you know, listen, you shine your light too. It is time for us to not hide in the shadows anymore. Whether it be, you know, whether you make movies, whether you're an attorney, a teacher, a, a broadcaster, a, a, a trash man, a janitor, um, whatever your job is, you can shine a light. Now for our uh, final segment of the podcast, some uh, food for thought, you can call it. Uh, if you get grab some popcorn, uh, I'm going to give you this list of some of the uh, best movies by the Kendrick Brothers. So this is by Crosswalk.com. Michael Faust has covered uh, you know faith and news for for 20 years and uh, has uh, been nationally known. So he uh, ranked the uh, Kendrick Brothers movies from one to eight, and um, he he calls them the the Lewis and Clark Christian movie duo who blazed uh, this trail you know two decades ago along with their brother Shannon who joined in on War Room. And speaking of that, uh, their number one movie on the list is War Room for 2015. Highly recommend you go checking that out. T.C. Stallings, who's in that movie playing the husband, he's been on a previous episode of the Run the Race podcast as well. It made a lot of money um, at the box office. And uh, so it did, did a lot better than, than people thought it would. Uh, number one at one point, in fact. 
Number two on their list is Courageous, action-packed movie. Uh, you should check that out for sure, uh, involving uh, sheriff's deputies, including that's the, one of the characters that Alex plays. Uh, number three is Fireproof. Uh, again, Kirk Cameron, their first, his first collaboration with the Kendrick Brothers from 2008. Um, and this is um, where maybe I have a little bit of disagreement uh, with, with the, uh, the list. Number four is Life Mark. We just talked about that from uh, this year, 2022. And then number five is Overcomer from 2019. Both those movies filmed here in Columbus, Georgia. I would probably put Overcomer right, uh, maybe tie. Let's, let's make them a tie at number four on my list. Number six is the documentary Show Me the Father that came out last year, 2021. Um, and number seven, Facing the Giants, 2006, um, their second movie, and uh, obviously football-related. If you haven't seen that, check that out. Alex as the coach, uh, very inspiring. And number eight, Flywheel, their very first movie when they were just learning how to do the, the movie thing. That was 2003 uh, with uh, Alex as the main star and the, the one who uh, wrote it and directed it, everything. Uh, I would put Facing the Giants at number five or six, probably six, ahead of Show Me the Father on that list. And uh, But other than that, I think Crosswalk did a great job. And uh, I um, recommend you seeing all these movies. The only one, um, I actually, I've, I've seen them all now, now that I've seen Life Mark. And so uh, uh, great movies to see over the holiday season. And, um, and again, speaking of the holidays, don't forget next week, we've got the J&J second version of the Christmas Music Spectacular. Hear us sing and and uh, have a lot of fun. You know, it's it's that's what this season's all about. And and uh, but the the thing that the season is really about is Jesus. It's Christmas. Christ must right. He's the reason for the season. We don't just say that. Uh, it's not just a, a catchy uh, way to say things. So uh, again, appreciate you joining us for the Run the Race podcast. Tell your friends about it. Share it with others. Uh, we we love to talk about fitness and faith issues on this uh, um, this arena, this platform, and have so for the last three years, and we will continue to do so. We appreciate um, Stephen closing us out in prayer as we try to do on every single episode. So I hope you guys have a great uh, rest of the week and uh, onward and upward in December.